0: morning Mitro. After a long break, welcome to another episode of History Under Your Feet with the Jayanti of Netaji Subhashchandra Bose just a couple of days away. Today we take a look at a legend, a man who has been associated with him and whose death anniversary falls on this date. Raj Bihari Bose the Brains Behind the Indian and National Army The contribution of Rash Bihari Bose was summed, sum, summed up by Thakin No, the ex-Prime Minister of Myanmar. If Netaji was the Garibaldi of the Indian National Army, Rash Bihari was more of a Mazini. The story of Mr. Rash Bihari Bose forms a vital part of India's struggle for independence and the victory which was finally achieved was in no small measure due to his organisational skill and wonderful spirit of sacrifice. Rash Bihari Bose, one of the masterminds, behind the plan to assassinate Lord Harding, the Viceroy, a key mover in the Gadar Conspiracy, a master of disguised camouflage and the founder of the Indian National Army. In many ways, Raj Bihari was the opposite of his more famed namesake. Netaji was a brilliant orator, one who could motivate people to shed blood for the cause of freedom, the charismatic leader who could sway the masses like none other. Raj Bihari, on the other hand, was more subdued and with the somber voice, in a sense, he was quite the brains behind the stream, strategizing and building up the movement. And while Raj Bihari had his own escapades from the British, remember he changed his residence 17 times in Japan just to avoid detection. Nothing like Netaji's journey in a U boat halfway around the world to Japan or Netaji's epic trek across Central Asia all the way to Germany. And yet, in a way, both men had the same burning desire for freedom. Both nationalists who believed that only an armed revolution could liberate India. The man who received the order of the rising sun and laid the foundation for the British army, for the Indian army, was born in Subaldaha village of Burdwan district in 1886 to Binod Bihari Bose, a small clerk. With his mother passing away when he was just a baby, he was brought up by his maternal aunt, Vamasundari. He did his education from the duplex college Chandanagar, which was then under the control of the French. From an early age, Rash Bihari was influenced by both French and British political thought and the French Revolution particularly motivated him. His teacher Charuchan also ignited the revolutionary in, in him. Bankin Chandra, Chatter, Bankin Chandra Chatterjee's Anandamath was one of the books that shaped his ideology. Other one was Nabin Sen's Plasir Yuddha, a collection of patriotic poems, as well as the speeches of surendranath Minerjee and Swami Vivekananda. For some time, Rash Bihari Bose went through a series of jobs at Fort William, the government press in Shimla, and the Pasture Institute in Kasoli. He finally settled at the Forest Research Institute in Dehradun, where he worked as a head clerk. It was at Dehradun that Rash Bihari Bose soon got involved in the revolutionary activities, maintaining close contacts with the revolutionaries in Bengal and Punjab. He took advantage of the cover his job provided to execute his plans for manufacturing bombs. Was also coordinating with other revolutionaries. In a way, Rash Bihari emerged as a ring between the revolutionaries in Bengal with those in UP and Punjab. Amarendra Chattachi who was in charge of the Jukandha's revolutionary activities in Uttar Pradesh, Bihar and Odisha got Rash Bihari in contact with Jatin Mukherjee, aka their main leader. The meeting with Bhagajatin whom both described as a real leader of men was what gave impetus to his revolutionary team. He planned for an 1857 sort of uprising interacting with native Indian officers at Fort Williams and also came in touch with Jatindranath Aka Niralam Neralambaswami, one of Arbindo's closest associates with whom he met many members of the Arya Samaj. In 1911, the British government decided to change the capital from Kolkata to Delhi, a decision that was politically motivated in a way against a rising tide of nationalism in Bengal. The revolutionaries decided to strike by assassinating the then Viceroy Lord Charles Hardinge and hatched the plan in 1912. Rash Bihari was the mastermind behind this plan, and on 23rd December 1912, a bomb was hurled at Harding at a position in Chandni Chowk where he was travelling on an elephant. While the Mahot was killed in the attack, the bomb narrowly missed its target, though Harding was badly injured. Basant Kumar Biswas through the bomb was captured, convicted and executed after a huge manhunt and crackdown on the revolutionaries. Veer could described the incident thus, on the breast of a motherland a carpet of national humiliation was spread out and dancers moved on it. For the nation it was a funeral position. Naturally when others in Chandni Chowk showered flowers and coconuts, the representatives of those who felt the insult hurled a bomb which rooted the elephant killed one of the ADCs and gave a bloodbath to the vice Finally, the triumphant procession was turned into a funeral. Rash Bihari, however, managed to await the British intelligence and went back to Dehradun, attended to his job like before without any suspicion. He took with him a truckload of bombs and even offered to assist the British in their investigation. However, knowing that it would be discovered sooner or later, he went underground. Soon the British were aware that he was the chief conspirator and he had a price of 75000 on his head with his pictures in all public places. However, all the efforts were in vain with Raj Bihari managing to give the cops the slip always. His activities continued unhappity the Gadar revolution breaking out provided him the next opportunity. With the outbreak of World War I in 1914, the Gadar party began to plan an armed uprising against the British with Indian immigrants in the US. Canada and the Far East. While these revolutionaries had the arms and money, they lacked the leadership and Raj Bihari filled that gap. It was Vishnu Ganesh Pingle, a US veteran Gadurai, who convinced Raj Bihari to lead the movement in India. He had the brains as well as the physical strength to pull off this uprising and February 21, 1915 was when it was planned. As per plan, Indian soldiers and officers in the British army would revolt, capture British officers and take over. However, thanks to a traitor called Kirpal Singh, the plans were leaked out and the revolt was put down. Many of the conspirators were captured and Vishnu Pingle Bhai Kartar Singh were among those captured and executed. With a massive crackdown, Raj Bihari's friends and associates felt he should leave the country and lead the revolutionary movement from abroad. One of his friends, J.M. Chatterjee, a barrister, raised the funds for his travel to Japan and using the alias of Graza P.N.T. Tagore, a distant relative of Rabindranath Tagore, he left for Japan in May 1915. In his own words, I presented to the Commissioner of Police Kolkata as one of Gurudev Tagore's secretaries presented me to Japan to make arrangements for his visit to Tokyo and I came out on a British passport. And note both spent some time in Shanghai, and on June 1915, he landed in Japan. However, by now he had become a wanted man, and the British were pressurizing the Japanese authorities to extradite him. He would spend his next 30 years in Japan, integrating with the society there, marrying a Japanese woman, and where he pursued his dream of a pan-Asian alliance against British imperialism. We take a short break and after this we'll be looking at this, the most critical phase of his life in japan welcome back we now take a look at rash bihari bo's life in japan which was the most critical phase in his life this was the phase where he led the indian freedom struggle from abroad and also founded the indian national army it was in japan he met Mitsuro Toyama, one of the influential rightist leaders who offered him refuge. Though Japan was an ally of Britain during World War I, Toyama was against it as he felt that the British were making money out of Japan's ports. Though the authorities were prejudiced to extradite both, none of the police dared to enter Toyama's residence. He managed to evade the police but lived like a fugitive in Japan for a long time, changing residence 17 times no less. It was during his stay in Japan that he also met Hiram Balal Gupta and Bhagwan Singh of the Kadar party. And in November 1915, he organized a meeting at Saikan Hotel in Tokyo, which was also attended by Lala Lajpat Rai. During his stay in Tokyo, Bose lived with the Soma family who owned the, the Nakamuraya Brickery there in the business district of Shinjuku. The narrow alleyways and bustling streets of Shinjuku gave him the perfect place to evade capture. Song Sung, the patriarch, believed in the concept of Pan Asianism, and soon the family had a wonderful bonding with both. He also fell in love with Toshiko, the eldest daughter, and soon they got married too. He took up Japanese citizenship to learn the language, and by now was fully integrated into the Japanese society. However, he did not forget the cause of India's freedom and worked for it. An entrepreneur himself, he also introduced Indian Korean to Japan, making Nakamuraya the first ever resident restaurant to serve curry. With both known a Japanese section he came out of his hiding and soon began to propagate the cause of India's freedom among the Japanese allied. Singapore fell to Japan in 1942 during World War II and around 32,000 Indian soldiers were taken as prisoners of war by the Japanese, who by this time had occupied Malaya also, where a substantial number of Indians lived. Major Fujiwara, who was in charge of Singapore, promised the Indian soldiers as well as civilians in Malaya, Singapore that if they renounced his citizenship he would offer them all the assistance in the fight against the British. On twenty-eight March 1942, Raj Bihari Bose convened a conference in Tokyo and formed the Indian Independence League. This was to organize all the Indians living outside into a revolutionary uprising against the British. The groundwork was done by him and he invited Indian representatives from Malaya, China, Japan and Thailand. Around the same time Netaji Subhash Chandra Bose was coordinating with the Free Indian Army in Germany, Raj Bihari planned to build up the Azad hind Forge on similar lines. The second conference of the India Independence League was held in Bangkok in June 1942, attended by Indians living in Malaya, Burma, Indochina, Hong Kong, and a memorandum was presented to Japan demanding equal rights and status for Azad hind Forge. It was in this conference that Raj Bihari took the decision of inviting Netaji Subastan Bose to join the Indian Indi- Indi- Independence League and take over as president. The Indian National Army was the military wing of the League, and Raj Bihari felt that Netaji had the charisma, the oratory struggles to lead the struggle. The League membership swelled to around 1.2 lakhs, and around 50,000 Indian soldiers who had served in the British Army joined the Indian National Army and many of these soldiers were fed up with the discrimination they had faced from senior British officers. Netaji accepted Raj Bihari's invite and made the epic journey in a U-Port from Germany and reached Tokyo on June 20th, 1943. From Tokyo, Netaji travelled to Singapore where he received a huge welcome from the Indians and Japanese there and on July 5th, 1943, Raj Bihari handed over the charge of India Independence League to Netaji. He now restricted himself to the role of advisor with Netaji now leading the league as well as the supreme command of the Indian National Army. He spent his last days in Tokyo listening to the radio broadcast of the progress of the FAUS, hoping to hear the news of the liberation of his beloved motherland. Oh, on January 21, 1945, Raj Bihari Bose passed away and was cremated with Buddhist rights. In 1959, his ashes were brought to India by his daughter Tetsuhi Hikuchi and in a tribute, Babu Rajendra Prasad president claimed. He was one of those well-known patriots whose love for the motherland and burning desire to see for her free could never be curbed. Rash Bihari Post did not live long enough to see India liberated but the Indian National Army that he founded and built would play its role in the freedom of India. As we celebrate Netaji's jayanti in a couple of days from now, take time to pay a silent tribute to the man who actually built Indian National Army, the brains behind it. Raj Bihari Post naman